0: the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'll be your host for today. This episode has been made possible thanks to the generous support from the Hickam Officer Spouses Club. Joining me is Dr. Rashida Savage from College Board to chat about the SAT and how it's evolving to better support students. Dr. Savage, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Do you mind if I call you Rashida?
1: Absolutely.
0: What have you seen are some of the biggest impacts that COVID has had on testing and testing results?
1: Well, mental health is so important, especially in schools. The entire high school experience for current freshmen, um, are has been largely shaped by COVID-19. So, what we wanted to do was really take some time to think about how we could create an adaptable test opportunity to really support students and to transform with some of the challenges that have been experienced based on the pandemic.
0: Now, one of these changes that we're going to talk about is College Board's plan to move the SAT to a digital format. However, I have to say for some of our listeners, they may be surprised that we're still talking about the next chapter for the SAT. I mean, some of us thought the SAT is
1: going away. Is it staying? Is it going? Well, the SAT still continues to play a vital role in the holistic admission process. So like when viewed within a context of where a student lives and learns, test scores can help to confirm whether or not a student's grades, or it can even show their strengths beyond what their high school grades show. So this is the case for so many students. Um, And I'll give you an example. So with the class of 2020, nearly 1.7 million students had their SAT scores that helped to confirm or exceeded their high school GPA. So that means that their SAT scores were a point of strength on their college application. And we really worked very diligently and felt good about the fact that among those students, there were a lot of minorities. So 300,000 were from small towns and rural communities, 600,000 were first generation college scores, and 700,000 were black or Latino many students still want to take the SAT. They want to know how they did and to decide whether or not they want to submit their scores to colleges and universities. When nearly every college went test optional during the early stages of the pandemic, millions of students still took the SAT and that has continued with the high school class of 2022. So why
0: is it so important that we preserve the choice for students to submit their test scores?
1: Well, first, the SAT allow for students to be seen by colleges and universities as well as to be acknowledged for scholarships. There are more than 25,000 high schools in the US and no college can know all of those high schools and each student that's within them. And each of those high schools has its own course offerings and grading systems. So, there are currently a small number of high schools that contribute to a large share of students that go to top colleges. Like 3% of high schools account for more than 50% of students at the top 50 colleges. So the SAT allows for every student, regardless of where they go to high school, to access opportunities that will shape their lives as well as their career. The second piece is that the SAT is available to everyone. Like other parts of the college applications, like clubs, sports, academic activities, they can be costly, but also inaccessible for some families. So, many students have to work and we know they may not have the financial resources to pay for sports, camps and travel. So, the SAT is available to millions of students for free through SAT school day, which is a program. where now over 60% of all students who take the SAT, take it for free in their school during the school day. So, in addition, uh, students from low income families can take the SAT twice for free on the weekend. So, not only is the SAT free to take for so many students, but practice for the SAT is free for all students. And in 2015, we partnered with Khan Academy to bring this world class practice to everyone for free. So now more students are able to use the official SAT practice on Khan than all paid test prep programs that are combined. And then the final piece is is that the SAT is an objective admission measure. In a world where 90% of SAT takers now have an average high school grades of A's and B's, and the share of students graduating high school with an A average has grown from 39% in 1998 to 55% in 2021, the SAT scores can help students stand out and show what they do know how to do and what they've learned.
0: Well, as our colleges are adapting to this new environment and expanding how they look at students in terms of admission, college board is responding to this by adapting the SAT and providing that digital version. That's going to come out in 2023, I believe is what I had read. Can you elaborate a little bit more on this new format and what it's going to look like for students?
1: Absolutely. So, the digital SAT will be shorter. It'll be about 2 hours instead of 3, and there will be more time for students to answer questions for each question. The reading and the writing passages are also shorter with 1 question that is tied to each. So, our intention is to really like, create a test experience that is less stressful for all students and particularly English learners. So more than 80% of students who participated in the recent digital SAT pilot said that the test experience was less stressful than the paper and pencil test. And students and educators will also see their scores in a matter of days instead of weeks. So students get the information they need to make key college decisions, and educators get the information that they need in order to support students and inform instruction.
0: Well, I think that is so helpful to know that the purpose that College Board is looking at in terms of making these changes is to help that level of stress that students experience from taking a standardized test and also the added bonus of scores being available in a matter of days versus weeks, because that certainly can be helpful for a student that may want to take the SAT again or because they're trying to super score or they're waiting for that final SAT to simply and close out that application for a particular college. Now, will the paper and pencil SAT though still be available along with the digital
1: version? So we are making a full transition to digital. So once we begin administering the SAT suite digitally, we will no longer offer a paper and pencil version of the test. We will continue to support students who test with accommodations, however, um, and that require a paper and pencil exam. So what this means is that starting in March of 2023, all students taking the SAT at international test centers will take the digital test. Starting in the fall of 2023, all students taking the PSAT related assessments will take the digital test. So SAT school day and SAT weekend in the US will still be paper and pencil at this time but starting in the spring of 2024, all students will take the full SAT suite of assessments digitally.
0: How is College Board preparing though to make sure that the digital SAT is just as secure as the paper version?
1: That's a really good question. Currently, if one test form is compromised, it can mean canceling scores for whole groups of students. Going digital allows us to give every student a unique test form. So it will be practically impossible to share answers. Well, that's
0: very reassuring to hear. Going back, though, to what you had shared about it being a little bit shorter in terms of content, but allowing for more time. With these decisions, do you think, though, that the SAT can still measure as effectively?
1: Yes. So the digital test will be adaptive. So it can continue to measure the same core, like reading, writing, and math, knowledge and skills much more efficiently. Shortening the overall length of the test will also allow students more time per question. So what this means is that for the digital SAT, each test section, the reading and writing, and the math section is divided into two parts that we're calling modules. Students answer a set of questions in the first module before they move on to the next. The questions that students are given in the second module depend on how they perform on the first module. So, students will be able to practice with the new digital adaptive format beginning this fall in order to prepare them. Many large scale assessments use adaptive testing and more than 30 years of research have went into showing the benefits of adaptive testing, which include more precise measurement, tailored questions to meet students needs, shorter tests, as well as more secure testing.
0: I think that is very interesting. And you brought up an important point that I definitely wanna circle back to, which was the partnership that College Board has created and continues to have with Khan Academy in terms of preparing for the SAT. And here at MSEC, you know, one of our mantras is to do things routinely and preparation is sort of fits that mantra and that, you know, the more you routinely prepare for something, perhaps the better your outcome will be. And that's certainly a concept that could be incorporated when it comes to preparing for the SAT. So what can students do to be better prepared on exam day?
1: So students can practice for the digital SAT using official SAT practice on Khan Academy. Students can receive free practice anytime, anywhere. And the digital SAT practice material will be added to the official SAT practice in the fall of 2022. So at that time, we'll also have full-length practice tests available in the exam application so that students can get the full digital SAT experience while they practice. And we'll share more information about practice resources this summer. However, you know, the, the basics of what to do in order to be prepared on exam day stay the same. Practice. Get rest. Get enough sleep that means and eat breakfast before the test and just try to relax.
0: I think that's great advice for anybody studying for any kind of test. Definitely to get enough sleep to make sure you have breakfast so that you can help to focus a little bit better. I know families in the past when we've done webinars on this particular topic, they always ask the question, how early should students begin to study for the SAT, and what would be college boards recommendation?
1: So as students engage in the SAT suite of assessments, like the PSAT 89, the PSAT and MSUT, they are essentially beginning to study for the SAT. Because each of these assessments is aligned and has similar formats so that students are exposed very early on to what they will see on the actual SAT. And if students don't necessarily have access to these types of opportunities, they can always log on to Khan Academy take a diagnostic test as early as grade nine, and a free customized practice plan will be generated for them.
0: I completely agree. Early exposure to a test helps the student to become more comfortable with taking that test. I know all of my kids took the PSAT in eighth grade and ninth grade. And one of their challenges was the time portion. So I think doing it early gave them that sort of level of comfort when they finally got into taking the SAT and they just had a better understanding of how it was structured. And I also have to say my middle son actually did the diagnostic with Khan Academy. And we found that just to be very effective because after he took the SAT for the first time, he really wanted to focus on what areas of improvement and not just study, you know, across the board. And with that diagnostic test, he was really able to get very strategic and very intentional with the certain areas that he needed to improve on. So for my kids, they actually took the SAT more than once and we found that they actually benefited by taking it more than once because of something called super scoring. Can you elaborate on what super scoring is and the recommended timeline between taking the test?
1: Absolutely. So with super scoring, a student would pick his or her highest test scores in a section from across multiple sittings of the SAT. Um, and the ability to mix and match individual section scores from different test dates, it typically yields what's called a super score that is higher than the SAT score for a single sitting. And so the ability to be able to superscore the SAT is really contingent upon the college and university and what it is that they will accept and whether or not they allow for superscore. And It's not necessarily something that we recommend. However, if the question is how often, or what's the timeline in between assessments in terms of taking multiple versions of the SAT, what does that look like? Technically, you can only take the SAT within a month of each other in terms of completing the registration process. And we recommend that if students are going to take advantage of that, that they um, make sure that they put in some practice through Khan Academy, as we've talked about before, before they just register to take the test. You know, there's research that supports that once students engage with Khan Academy and they um, practice for a certain amount of hours, they will certainly see an increase in their score. So that's our number one recommendation.
0: So there are so many resources that we've talked about today, Khan Academy, and there's so many more that are also available, particularly to military students, which this can be a real help when it comes to studying and preparing for the SAT. Do you have any favorites or maybe even perhaps some unique ideas that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: You know, we've talked a lot about this and I just can't sing the praises enough of Khan Academy. And the reason why I like it so much. So it's such a valuable resource is because, first of all, it's free. So anyone can access it. But then secondly, I don't know of another program where you can get a free customized practice plan that's catered to you and what your needs are. And one of the things that I really, really like about the system as well is that not only does it give you that free customized practice plan and it focuses on those areas that are opportunities for strength and growth and development, it also consistently builds in some of those questions that you did well in the past. So that your skills don't diminish in the area that you've excelled in and that you've done well in in the past. So it's a complete comprehensive form of practice that I just can't speak enough about.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. We really appreciate the partnership that college board has with our organization and with the military community, because it's truly all about supporting our kids.
1: Thank you so much for having us and I really feel the exact same way. Our partnership with military community is very important to us and we definitely appreciate the opportunity to come have a conversation and discuss resources and support for students who engage with the SAT.
0: And for our listeners, we're also going to include in the show's notes, all the programs and resources that were shared in today's podcast. We'd like to thank again the Hickam Officer Spouses Club, for their generous support towards this podcast. You've been listening to the MSEC Podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live a great story.